Hello and welcome to Try Talking Sport, hosted by me, Joanne Murphy. Whether you are an athlete, adventurer, endurance enthusiast, or simply have an interest in sport, you've come to the right place for inspiration, encouragement, motivation, and just a little bit of entertainment. It's been a busy couple of weeks in the endurance world with lots of our guests in action, racing hard and racing well, giving us plenty of excitement to watch, even if it is from a distance or from the comfort of our homes via the live coverage. Well done to everyone who put on a race number and got to the finish line of their chosen event. One of the highlights last weekend was the London Marathon. It was very exciting to watch those final metres, getting the blood pumping and heart rates thumping with excitement as the winners crossed the finish line. Speaking of racing, I had the pleasure of being part of the Ironman VR live show at the weekend on the Ironman announcer's special social spin with Mike Riley, Paul Kay and Pete Murray. We turboed along the Queen Kay on Ruby on Saturday during the live stream on the spin that wasn't a race, but was a race. It's always a race. I'm glad to say that all my Zwifting has paid off in recent weeks as this princess made her mark on the virtual Queen K, pipping the boys to the line in a final dash to the finish. I can confirm my heart rate was through the roof by the end of it, but it was lots of fun. And it felt great to get the legs turning, sweat pumping and heart pumping. Hashtag go on the girls and boys roll on the next showdown. This week, we should have been in Kona, Hawaii at the Ironman World Championships, celebrating another year of exceptional racing by athletes from around the world, chasing their best performances on the biggest stage of long distance racing. But alas, it was not meant to be. Instead, be sure to tune in to the Ironman virtual Kona coverage this week to relive some of the memories of years past and be inspired to set your goals high for 2021 and get your motivation mojo in tip top shape for our incoming winter training. Closer to home, we had a superb Try Talking Sport Bike Week Bonanza with a fabulous lineup of guests on our four live shows, a fun Zwift ride, and lots of bike related social competitions. You can check out all the live interviews on the Try Talking Sport Facebook page. The Zwift ride was so much fun that we've teamed up with Primed Coaching and the Park Group to hold a weekly Zwift social ride on Monday nights at 7 30 pm Irish time. To get the invite to the meetup, follow me, Joanne Murphy, Try Talking Sport on the Zwift companion app and keep an eye on our social media channels. Now, it is a friendly spin. It's more about the banter and the crack than any hard cycling and racing. We had 50 people join the spin on Monday night this week and there was almost as much laughing on Discord as there was cycling on Zwift. I'm still dipping in Galway Bay every day in skins. The water and air temperature in recent days has become colder, but I am hoping to try and keep it up as long as I can bear the cold water. With my fellow GTC members, we are doing the dips safely and within the COVID restrictions. The social aspect of the dipping is as important as the routine of getting into the water every day. And it's more of an adventure as opposed to an actual training session. Speaking of adventure and fun, last week I took part in my first ever full moon nighttime swim. You heard that correctly. I left the comfort of my home with a lovely fire to do a swim in Galway Bay at 9pm at night and I can confirm it was lots of fun, even if it was a little chilly, but the chat and the camaraderie shown by all the swimmers on the night was superb. Amidst all of this COVID craziness, having some of these adventures, even though they may seem a bit cracked, have been fabulous. And whilst the swimming may not be for everyone, it is good to find something that is more about fun than anything else. I've had more belly laughs in Black Rock in the last month than I have had chocolate biscuits. And that's saying something considering my extremely sweet tooth. 
Before we get stuck into this episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with Dan Bullock from Swim for Try about my career transition from full-time fundraiser to professional announcer on the Swim for Try podcast. You can check it out on all podcast platforms if you fancy hearing a little bit about my own story in sport and triathlon. Now, back to today's episode. I've received lots of requests to have some age group athletes on the show alongside some younger athletes to share their stories in sport. So in this episode, I'm mixing things up slightly and I'm delighted to feature two amazing Galway girls who share some of their insight and success in sport. Shona Boke from Crawwell AC, who at 16 years of age is a triple junior world champion in wheelchair racing. Taking up the sport at just eight years of age, she has excelled in sport and has her sights set on some significant goals in the future. Her success to date includes competing at the London Mini Marathon five times, winning the under 14 age group on two occasions. She competed at the Diamond League in Zurich in September 2016 and the IPC Grand Prix in Paris in June 2018. And she was the VHI Women's Mini Marathon wheelchair winner in both 2018 and 2019. She, along with her family and friends, is fundraising to build a 400 metre track at her home club in Crawwell, which you can hear more about in this episode. You can also join the challenge and support her efforts and be part of her success in sport in the future. Pauline Murray from Galway Tri Club, who took up running in her mid-30s last Saturday, completed a 50k run to celebrate her 50th birthday. I chatted with Pauline on Sunday evening about the run, her training, her running buddies, the Dangan girls, her move from running to triathlon and how joining Galway Triathlon Club has led to her living a life that she would never even have considered 20 years ago. With marathons, triathlons and long distance swimming in her sporting CV and now a 50k run under her belt, her can-do and will-do positive attitude shine through in this episode. Both of my guests give us an insight into their journeys in sport, what it means to them to have an active lifestyle and what drives and motivates them to pursue their passion for the outdoors and for sport. We chat with Pauline first and then we catch up with Shauna and her dad Loic. Enjoy the show. Pauline Murray, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. A little over 24 hours after you completed your first ever 50 kilometre run. How are you feeling today? I'm actually an awful lot better than I thought I'd be. Um, I wasn't lifting my legs out of the bed this morning, which I really did think would be happening. I'm obviously a little bit tight and my calves are really tight now at the moment. And I'd say that's a lot of the running on the pram. So um, obviously I put on the deep heat and a few bits and I even rolled today. And I bought a Schlitter, I'd say five months ago, and I took it out of his packet this morning <laughs> to, to run on my inner thigh because that was the one that was giving me an awful lot of cramps over the 50k. And just explain to people what a Schlitter is because we've quite a lot of people tuning in from outside of Ireland. So what's a Schlitter? <laughs> well, a Schlitter is a, a small little white hard ball that's used for hurling. And it's very hard, a lot harder than a tennis ball, I can tell you. <laughs> and it's got ridges on it as well, so it'll definitely get into those sore knots. It will indeed, yes. <laughs> so, Pauline, what happened that you ended up running 50 kilometres on your own yesterday? Where did the inspiration for the run come from and how did you get on? What happened was I turned 50 in April and obviously with lockdown and everything like that, there was no party to be had. Now, I had a lovely day with my family, which was just wonderful to happen like for the day. They, they would have been gone here, there and everywhere every other day, I suppose, but they weren't on, on that Sunday. So I had done the marathon last year and I was disgusted with the time and what had happened and all that kind of thing 
So I said this year I was going to run Dublin Marathon and I wasn't going to care about what time it was or a goal. I was just going to go and enjoy it because I had a goal in my head last year and I didn't reach it. Hoping to break the four hours and I think it was 4.35 or something coming in. So I didn't enjoy the finish line as much as I did on my first marathon, which was when I was 40 in 2010. Then I was saying, well, you're going to be 50 and 50K could happen um, if Dublin Marathon doesn't happen. Obviously, these thoughts were in April. And uh, one of the girls, Paula Duggan, said to me, well, Pauline, if they don't run Dublin Marathon, you could still run it around Galway. And I said, well, that, there's a thought now. And that's when I decided if I was going to do that and Dublin wasn't happening, I'd do 50K. And then obviously Galway Marathon was on the 3rd of October and there was no sign of that being cancelled. So I said, sure, I'll sign up for that. And if I'm feeling the training has been done and all that kind of thing, um, I'll try the 50K. I'll do a few miles before it and a few miles after it. And if it's going to work out, fine. So changed the training plan to the 3rd of October. Unfortunately, that was cancelled too. So I said, well, here goes now. I said, I've changed the plan to the 3rd of October. And somebody said, why didn't you leave to do the virtual Dublin on the 25th or whatever date it is? And I said, because I changed my training plan and I'm not going to run for another three weeks. I said, I'm doing this now. <laughs> so I said, that was what I was doing. And um, my friend Breege, a great, a very good friend and mentor and all the rest, she joined me for an awful lot of the runs, long and short ones. The Dangling Girls are a group of friends we've been running together for many, many Saturdays for over a good few years. And she just said to the girls, look, Polly, my struggle doing this 50k on her own because headwise and everything, and it's not a race and there's nobody, there's not going to be any supporters or anything like that. So how about everybody doing a few miles with her? So that's what happened. And a plan was set and they, they had their own little WhatsApp group and they put in their time slots and a plan was come up with and everybody, I wasn't going to be running any of it on my own. And I found that out last week and I was just chuffed and thrilled because I knew some people would join me at different times, but I didn't think I, the whole 50K would be covered. And two of the girls hadn't been running for a while between, not, not necessarily with injuries or with family life or whatever that was going on. And they said, right, I want to get up to 5K and I'm going to be able to run the 5K with Polly. And every single one of them in the group came out. Now, one was injured and she, she decided, we was taught that she'd go out and come out on the bike and she brought all the energy bombs and the hydration drinks and the waters and bananas and whatever else that we needed, not just for me, but for all the girls that was running with me as well. And she even had a silver, do you know the silver wrapper thing you put around you when you're after you're finished? She had that and everything. And the girls were even carrying my water bottle in case I, uh, there'd be too much for me to carry. So it was just amazing. It was such a special day. And as I said, what better way to celebrate your 50th birthday than doing 50K with all your running friends. Doing 50K in your hometown, you passed by your original home house on Henry Street when you oh. were running up and down the prom and over to Dangan. Well, I actually called in because my father had told me he wanted to see me at, and he was going to go down to Nemo up his period a few t certain times. And if I miss you, I'll go down again and I'll go out to Grattan. And he obviously missed me. So I think I was coming up to about 26 miles and I called in to see him. But he was up around the canal somewhere and we missed one another. So uh, I rang him anyway later on, obviously, to, t to say hello and whatnot. But at least we were able to use the toilet and the get another drop of water before we moved on. <laughs> so. What struck me yesterday, Pauline, was the amount of people that were out supporting you, obviously within the COVID restrictions, supporting you and at a distance and that. But I passed you twice uh, on the prom yesterday. And even in our 
Galway Tri Club girls WhatsApp group. The messages were flying from oh, early absolutely. yesterday morning. There was <laughs> such a huge amount of support for you doing the run yesterday. Oh, it was amazing. I mean, I got those messages on Friday evening wishing me the best of luck and everything. And in the running group, everybody saying good luck, Pauline. Hope everything goes well. GTC, I'd say every single person in the group must have messaged me saying you're a legend. Wow, that's an amazing challenge, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how many more people have done 50Ks and 100Ks in the group? I kind of felt I'm not as achieving as much as all ye have. But, you know, with them doing Ironmans and half Ironmans and things like that. But it was just amazing, the support and people beeping at us. And we even met Richie, who wasn't assigned to do any time. And we just happened to bump into him on his long run. And he ran from Nemo's all the way to Black Rock with us. And then he took off with Cora up to Westside. And he, fin- you know, he was doing a long run. So he accompanied for a while too. So it was lovely to have him running that length with us too. And uh, even my husband, Tommy, he came out to see me, obviously. And he just came up running behind me and he had a pair of shorts on. Tommy doesn't run and he doesn't wear shorts, especially in Galway. <laughs> I think, as I think, you know, obviously the Tri Club, it's a, there's a great community there amongst all of us between the club. There's like every club, you'll have certain groups and certain meeting trains and all that kind of stuff. But when one of us is doing something, everybody is supporting it. And I think that was really clear yesterday. And oh, you yes. say you haven't achieved much. But when we look back at what you have achieved since you took up running, but even since you joined the Tri Club, you've achieved a lot. You've achieved a huge oh. amount. Oh, absolutely. And you'll be totally inspired by everyone. And like, as you say, the Tri Club is an amazing group and the amount of people you meet and from all different walks of lives. But it doesn't matter what they do or don't do. The people are just so supportive. And I wouldn't be one of the Speedy Gonzales, but everybody, even the elite, they would always come and talk to you as though you were as fast as them. Do you know that kind of way? And um, I remember even in Lockwear getting a puncture before the before the race. And one of the real elite from the tri club came up to me and said, here, turn it up there. Have you got this? Have you got that? And he just changed the tire without even me asking. <laughs> so it's just a great supportive club. And the amount of stuff I have done would not have been done if I hadn't joined the tri club. Because I remember doing the Francis Thornton Memorial Swim. I remember going out there watching it with the kids because we would have known Francis. Um, my daughter and her daughter went to school together. And we went out there one day to see it and I was just amazed and wow, these are amazing people, 13 kilometers swim. And at that stage, I was running, but just a little bit. I said I wouldn't even be able to run 13 kilometers, never mind swim it. Went to Black Rock with the Tri Club. I was just amazed, the support, the welcome home they gave to everybody that year. And I was saying to myself, and I heard you could do a relay. And I said, cheapers, maybe I might be tempted to do a relay with this crew. And uh, I said it to Fiona Lyons. I said, would you ever be tempted to do a relay? Not at all, she said. If I was going to do that, now it would be the full. I was laughing at her. I said, oh, wow, good on you. So I went and tried to find somebody else that maybe just to do one other person to do the relay. So I'd be doing six or seven kilometer swim. But by February, with all the training that I was doing in Fiona Donovan and the tri-club swimming lessons, I said, I think I'll be doing the whole lot myself. So... That was, and like, the, as I say, what, that thought would never have entered my head only for I joined the Tri Club. And that was back in 2014, wasn't it, that you did it? 2014, yes, yeah, the 26th of July. It stands out in memory. I won't ever forget the date. <laughs> and it's the same year that you won the trophy for the most inspirational swimmer of Galway Tri Club. Oh, absolutely, yes, it was, yeah. And that was such an honour to, to have. And as I say, as a kid, I didn't do much of anything. We used to go to Gretton Road Beach 
every summer we used to go play and frolic in the waves, having the crack. I never swam a length or anything like that and never did swimming lessons till I joined the tri club. Um, other than the, my own two kids, when they were doing swimming lessons, they showed me how to put my head in the water and to breathe. One, two, three, breathe, mom. One, two, three, breathe. <laughs> so it was, um, oh, it was just, it was just brilliant. Like, and for me to get inspiration to swim my life, I was just totally in awe of it at all. Like, I mean, I remember the rushing dove that evening and uh, there were, you know, there were, I can't remember it was in the season or what exactly it was. But when they were giving out the different prizes and I was just shocked that I got something like that. I mean, when I started swimming with the girls, I had my daughter's wetsuit, surfing wetsuit, whatever you call it, that she used to jump out in Black Rock with. And then um, I was injured with my knee, so I wasn't running. My friends were swimming to the first rock and then they went to the second rock. Then we went to the third rock. Then we signed up for a lock try. And that year we saw the tri- Galway Triathlon Club out and about and all the members. So... That was in September. So the following year, when January came, we signed up to the Tri Club and the rest is history. <laughs> I think that's when we met. There's a lot of things that tie in on the timeline for what I did and what you did. And even looking at the Warrior of the Sea in 2014, yes. just looking back, we both did it the same year and all the crack and banter we had uh, with all the training. But Pauline, I want to go back a little bit because you didn't take up sport as an adult until your late 30s. Yes, yes. What was the incentive to take up sport at the time and, and what did you do? Well, I suppose the kids were getting that bit older. We live in Castlegar and I go in against traffic for my daughter or my son for different training sessions. You know, whatever they'd be doing, whether it be gymnastics, horse riding, rowing or whatever. And there was different meeting training groups on at half six and I wouldn't go in for myself. And I was like, well, maybe you should start doing something for yourself. So I met a girl literally in Duns and Westside one evening and she was telling me she was going setting up a meeting train group in Clare Galway and they were going at half six and I went out and met her and the first night there was eight of us and the second night there was the two of us and from then on there was only the two of us and I would be a girl that would have run down the bog road and back with, with the buggy when the kids were younger but I would never venture out onto a street because I couldn't for the life of me let anyone see me running in public kind of thing. And uh, we went to Clare Galway uh, Community Centre. That's where we met. And we used to run the loop of the 10K. From there on out, I just kept going. And myself and herself became good friends again. I would have known her through a few friends from school. Then uh, I can't remember the year. I think that was about 2006 or seven. I met Breege McGaugh in at the Cancer Care West 10 Miler. And herself and her friend Breege Moore, we just got chatting and we realised we lived close enough to one another. So herself and Breege joined us for the runs in Clare Galway. And uh, then we started doing a few races and joining up with Athenai first because we went to do a race and you had to be a member of a club. So we had to join Athenai. And then it was too far away for training. So we joined GCH when Fit for Life came about. On Saturdays then we met people from Fit for Life. We decided we'd love to run on a Saturday. So a few of us met up. And then we became the Dangan Girls. And after that, I joined the tri club once I'd started swimming. So, and like that, I didn't even own a bicycle till my mid-30s or 40s. I mean, Santa Claus brought a bicycle to me, so he did <laughs> a mountain biking when I was coming. I'd say, yeah, 30, I was definitely mid-30s to 40s for everything, for starting. And I got such a buzz from everything, I suppose, and just loved it and loved the water and I didn't have the fear of the water because I grew up around it so much, I suppose. And you've achieved so much mm. since, you know, say mid-30s. OK, so it's 15 years. But if you look back to, to say, when you were younger, did you ever think you'd have done everything that you have done to date? 
Never, because we did do a community sports. Uh, do you know the way you used to do the the local sports? We used to run and we'd never win the races, obviously. So if you didn't win a race, you could go and practice for the relay team. And the only reason we were doing the community sports was because you got a bag of taters and a can of Coke, even if you didn't win. <laughs> so that was that was the highlight. You know, there was like, I mean, sport wasn't something that interested me. I mean, I used to have my brother's bike every now and again, but I was never allowed it too often. And my friends, we we weren't, we used to walk places because we lived in town. It was very close. So there was, there was no need and to be, I don't know what it was. We just were very lazy girls. We had the crack on the street and we used to play Red Rover and whatever and whatnot. So we didn't need to, sport. we didn't need sports, I suppose, at that stage. Yeah. And in, in terms of, I suppose, your triathlon career then, Pauline, you've done quite a bit in triathlon as well. It's not just that big, long 13K swim for the Francis Thornton uh, swim. It's not just the marathon. You've taken on the bits and pieces with triathlon as well. Uh, you did, was it Barcelona 70.3 a couple of years ago as well? Oh, yes. Yeah, that was great because I thought, I'd, like, I mean, when I hear of people doing the half Ironman or even a full Ironman, I'd say, oh, gee, because I'd never do it. And uh, two friends, Valerie O'Gorman and Rachel Scott were doing it. And then there, Lynn O'Loughlin and Louise Gagan and there were Valerie and Rachel. I was working with them at the time and they were saying, oh, yeah, you should do it now, Pauline, you'll be well able. Blah, blah. And I said, oh, the bike is my worst part. I'd never be able to cycle 80 or 90K and I'd never be able to do this and uh, I knew the swim and the run I'd manage, but I didn't think I'd be able to manage. Get in within the time, you know, there's a cutoff time. I really didn't think I'd do the, And that's what would have been putting me off a lot of stuff. Will I get in the bay swim within the six hours? Will I get in within the eight or nine hours or whatever it was? I, I remember looking it up on the, the Ironman website to see what exactly was the cutoff time for the swim. I knew I'd get there on the run, but the bike, would I be able to do it kind of thing? So... So when Rachel and Valerie said, I should the oldie like me can't go over to Barcelona with yourselves. Your Jesus, I'd be like, <laughs> whatever. So, you know, we signed up for it. We didn't even look at the route. We didn't look. It just was a, a good place to be going. You know, we went off and did our cycles in frosty mornings and cold mornings and everything. But we did it. And I went to the Hurt Locker to try and increase the the decency on the bike and all that kind of thing. And that strengthened me up. But I even did duathlons that year which was something I hadn't ever tried and I really enjoyed them. So the swimming and the swimming and running was was grand, but the cycling was what I had to work on. So it was all good. I really enjoyed the training and she was a great crack going over to Barcelona. I think it was my first time ever in an airport not having a pint. <laughs> we had teas and coffees and I was like, what's going on here? Why are we having a pint? <laughs> I love it. That whole new <laughs> lifestyle. And, and I think that's yeah, what's kind of absolutely. come through is, is you know, the how, um, you know, it doesn't matter what age you take up triathlon or take up sport, but you can embrace the lifestyle and it can change your life. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Because the few friends that I grew up with kind of have our chats and our WhatsApp groups or whatever. And I just told them that I did my 50K yesterday or whatever. And they said, well, Jesus, I don't know how you do it, Paul, and you're a mighty woman, blah, blah. And they said, next time, next time now you do it, make sure to tell us. And we'll find some bikes somewhere, they said, and we'll follow you around. And one of them said, yeah, you'll be well finished and we'll still be last looking for you or going around Galway. <laughs> I mean, they do absolutely know 
like when I send a photo of me coming out in the water, they'll send me a, them, a picture of them having a cup of tea with a bar of chocolate or a glass of wine or whatever it is, because aren't you mighty woman? Well, I'm sitting here now nice and warm by the fire watching TV, <laughs> you know. And are you proud of what you've done, Pauline, over the years in, in what you've achieved in sport? Oh, absolutely. I think the proudest moment and the mo- the best moment for me was uh, finishing the swimming that in the Francis Thornton Memorial. My parents were there. My sister was there with her kids. And my cousin was even down from Dublin that particular day, which was great. And she was there with her kids. But the tri club were there with their cowbells and everything going on. And they were, oh, there was such a great warm reception and a welcome home for me. And it was brilliant, amazing. And uh, Fiona Donovan was one of the coaches for the swimming. And I remember even met, talking to her about, I don't think I could go to the level four lessons. I wouldn't be strong enough for it. And she said, you will, of course, you'll be grand. And off, she, off I went and did it and was able to do the lessons with her. So I remember seeing what the base swim for this first year I was with the club and herself and Damien Maloney were a support crew on the boat with Johnny Murphy. And I said, geez, if I ever did that swim now, I'd definitely try and get the three of them for me. And Chris Burke asked Johnny Murphy for the boat for me because when I rang him and asked him, he said, oh, I'm awful sorry. He said, I have, I've already been asked to do it for somebody else. And uh, then Chris rang me to tell me that it was me that he, he was signed up for. <laughs> so fair. So that was mighty. And that's all again from the club. And so I got Damien and Fiona to join me as well. So it was brilliant. Yeah. So what is it about sport that puts that wonderful smile on your face that I can see on this call and I can hear (laughs) through your voice that there's such joy and happiness in your life because of triathlon and sport? I suppose it's just the great buzz and the endorphins that you get out of going for a run, going for a swim and you know, going out on the bike is a lovely, you know, it'd be so much nicer, obviously, if there wasn't as many cars on the road. But it's just with the love of running. I, You know, you feel free. I mean, I was getting up and dropping my son to work at half six all over lockdown. And um, I was going for a run at seven o'clock in the morning and I was listening to the birds. And I was like, gee, this is great. Where, and I said that to one of my friends. And, you know, I was saying, oh, I was getting up, at, I was heading off at seven o'clock this morning. The birds were singing and this was going on. And she said, yeah, but if that was me, I'd be saying, what the fuck am I doing, doing this thing for it, you know, because I just enjoy it. There was a day last week, I think it was Sunday morning. It was the first Sunday I didn't have to do a run with the training plan. Even if you did a long run, you had to get out for an hour of a run for the 50K plan. And last Sunday, I didn't have to go out for a run and I was in bed until probably nine or ten o'clock when I got up. My son told me to go back to bed and come back out the other side because <laughs> I was a cranky brat because I hadn't had my run, I suppose. You know, so I just need it. And it takes your mind off so many things that might be going on at home or at work or whatever. Yeah, like I was doing a course a few years ago and my head was wrecked and I had to do something. And I had a deadline and I couldn't for the life of me get, on, get around it and get on with it. So I just said, do you know that now I'm going to put my runners on. Went off for, and I couldn't do anything, do what I was supposed to do. I just couldn't get, get going with it. Went off for a run, came back and had a shower. Half an hour later, I'd nearly finished the piece. So it's just like I don't wear headphones or anything like that. If I'm running on my own, I just go out and run and think of nothing other than me. And it's all about me having a little bit of time for myself. And uh, like, I mean, the 50K at the end of the day when no races were happening, I said, this 50k is all about me and I'm being very selfish and all the rest. But, uh, you know, I didn't even think about doing it for a charity or anything like that, which was probably silly. But 
I didn't want to be asking people for money because we did the Stevens Day run recently for um, Western Alzheimer's and the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland. So I, that was in December, and I didn't want to be asking people for money again uh, or putting up donated pages or whatever. But um, then one of our friends, Michelle, who had who has a little girl with Down syndrome, she's only one. She put up something about sock. Let's rock the sock down to Maryland for the voices of Galway. So um, when she shared that and Lynn asked me on the WhatsApp group who was I doing it for, I said, well, sure, Jeff, that's just a coincidence now. So I put that up there and um, a good few people have uh, donated. And my friend Bree made a donation and got a good few pairs of the small socks. So we wore, we wore the socks yesterday when we were all on the prom. Hopefully they raise loads of funds with voices of Galway for speech and language and all that. Please, God. Yeah. And what sort of training did you do, Pauline, for the 50K? You mentioned there, um, even on a, a day where you weren't doing a long run, you still had to get out for a bit of a run. Yeah, uh, crazy training. <laughs> when I decided I was doing the 50K run, my friend Michelle said she'd maybe try it as well. So she went, she was a quiz looking up on the computer and what to do and what not to do. So she came up with a, a plan, a 50K plan. I was training five days a week. And the first of June, I took up with the plan and I had been training for the Crockwell 10. I was well up in my miles. I was up to 10 or 20 miles. So on the first of June, that was my first long one, according to the, the plan, which was week four in this plan. But like, I mean, their runs before that would have been 10, 12 miles. They were the long runs, so I knew I would be able for them. So when I started, it was 20 miles. And then it was going up to 30, 39, 42, 20. And every single week, um, unless... One day I wasn't feeling great and my the back of my knee was sore. I think that was the only day I didn't. My The boxes ticked for every other day. I, I really stuck to it rigidly. When I did the aquathon there recently, I was supposed to do 16 miles on the Saturday. But uh, when myself and Breed were chatting, I decided I was only doing 10 miles the Saturday because I was doing the aquathon the following day. I would have done 50 miles now a good, a good few weeks um, in around week 15 and 16. So my longest one would have been 24 miles. Now, it did have a run for me to do in week 18 of 26 miles, but I said, no, thanks. And um, what about recovery, Pauline, then? You know, like, were you sleeping better? Were you eating better? Uh, the recovery was great. I, I was sleeping brilliant and I was definitely eating um, very, very well. And pasta was there every day nearly for lunch and porridge or cereal, eggs, all that kind of thing for the breakfast in the morning. I mean, you know, it's just I, I always had something like yogurt and fruit ready to go if I did get peckish that I was eating something healthy rather than trying to go at snacks and crisps now obviously I did have a few few snacks and crisps along the way and a few glasses of wine or whatever but um yeah I would have ate really healthy but in the the two weeks of tapering I was desperate because I wasn't running so I was I had too much time on my hands and I was eating a lot <laughs> you know but I, I even had lunch on Friday and one of the staff said is that your lunch or your dinner and I said it's my lunch I said I'm doing a 50k tomorrow and there's more pasta for dinner I said <laughs> and how did you juggle uh, like you've a busy household Jess is 25 Dean is 22 Tommy's in the house as well and Kiwi the dog and way too many pigeons as you say yourself uh, to mention but it's a busy household there's lots of traffic uh, family wise coming through it and your and your dad obviously up in your home house as well how did you manage your time and, and obviously with work as well you're going back to school and things like that so how did you juggle all of that and still manage to get in your training uh, you just get up early that's all I suppose I had to do. I like, and I was in the routine 
you see, Dean is driving, but he's a out of original license, so I had to get up early to bring him to accompany him to work, so to speak. And I could have let him cycle, but I said this was an ideal opportunity over COVID. It wasn't too busy that he got a great experience of driving without traffic, so to speak. So he got his confidence on the road without traffic. So I just kept going at that. And when I was up, I said the few first few mornings now I did go back to bed. But after that, I said, I'm tired daft now, staying in bed at 10 o'clock. I could just go over, get my run done. And then I had the whole day to myself. So that's what I was doing. And it was tough coming back into work in September and... As Bridge said, when I used to come over to her after work, she'd see the exhausted, tired look on my face and had to, she said it was like running was becoming a chore at that stage to me because I had enjoyed it so much over lockdown and um, the summer that the last few weeks where I was just getting tired, I suppose. And between work, I was just more exhausted. The 3rd of October couldn't come fast enough for me. So like the kids are older, there was a you know an awful lot of people were doing their spring cleaning or whatever during lockdown. I was running. So I didn't do any spring cleaning. I think I might have done one room and the kids were saying, you should be doing this and you should be doing that. And I said, the sun only shining so often in Galway. I said, so I'm taking advantage. So I wouldn't say I didn't know housework, but I didn't. I did what needed to be done and that was it. Of course, I forgot to mention your mum there as well, uh, who went into a nursing home earlier in the year. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. She did. She just, she she was in hospital for since Christmas and uh, she has Alzheimer's, so it was it was a tough a tough time. But thank God she got a place at the, on the third of March, um, and three days later, lockdown happened uh, in the nursing homes. The visits were stopped, so it was a tough time for us. But yet, I think it, it was an, it was easier that we weren't allowed out to the, the nursing home because she was very um, frustrated and aggressive at that time. So her settling in without us being there helped helped the staff as well as us and it was a time for us that we could go to the window and that type of thing window visits but um I, she settled easier I think and and we got the break that we kind of needed from seeing her in hospital and the frustration that she you know we knew that she was being well cared for in in the nursing home and the staff were brilliant and there even if you rang them every single day to see how she was they were they were very nice to us all the time and the later life team um, came back on board once she went into the nursing home and they were a great support to us and everything got sorted, thank God. And she's happy out there and we get to visit one, once a week if we're lucky because there's more restrictions now with everything else that's going on. So I think I was I got inside the nursing home on the 3rd of September, which was exactly six months after she went in because I dad, obviously dad would have to be the one to go into the home. And I was the one that was driving him there. So I was doing the window visits to allow my mother to get the second visit then with one of my other sisters inside. So, yeah. so Incredibly tough. Oh, incredibly tough. But um, just to think, like, in, my mother was refused from a few places um, in nursing homes because she was a loud lady and she walks a lot. And it's a terrible thing to say, but... They were actually picking their residents, you know, they were cherry picking. It was like having a child with special needs that you were fighting and they were refusing play. They were refusing her a place because she was she was going to be too much like hard work was literally it. Well, so, thankfully, she's she's somewhere now where she's happy and that you're that you're happy with. Oh, absolutely. It's brilliant. 
a small silver lining in the midst of oh, yes, of yes. a difficult time. Uh, Pauline, I'm going to finish up very shortly with you, um, but I want to ask you one or two more questions. And one of those is for anyone who's listening in, who is in their mid-30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever age they are, and they're considering taking up sport and putting on the runners or getting on the bike or maybe thinking that a bit of swimming might be for them. What advice would you give them having come through starting sport later in life um just go for it uh remember that every single one of us had to start somewhere and uh we do incredible years with the, within the preschool and wally always says i can do it and you that's the way i when i did my first uh, triathlon or half ironman or anything i was doing i was saying um, if I and if it didn't work out, I'd say I'll try again. You know, these are all different mottos that I'd be kind of keeping in my head. Um, but just get out there and do it. And as I say, if you need to go down the the bog road in your home house for the first few runs or whatever you want to do, do that. Get your confidence and then go and join a club or a meet and train group or get a few friends together and meet meet anywhere. And we're just so blessed with Dangan, and it's such a lovely place to be running in. And even though it's not, you don't always have to be on the grass. It's just a lovely spot. Uh, but there's so many beautiful places that we can go and run. This is the thing about, I think, our age group, that we'd be thinking of everything. Oh, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do the other. And the only time you get for yourself might be sitting down having a cup of tea late at night. So you have to make time for yourself. And your household benefits, uh, you benefit obviously from it because you're meeting new friends, you're having a great crack, and you're not only meeting them for drinks and wine and crazy nights with hangovers you're meeting for a cup of tea or some water or a cup of coffee or whatever this is the social gatherings that's what i was saying in later years we're not able for all these crazy nights out so um you're meeting people and you're having the chats and the conversations and you still go and have coffee together and still more conversations and you know sharing is caring and you know it's, it's for mental health it's just time to yourself you need it and i've made so many amazing brilliant friends through running through swimming and obviously through the triathlon club and cycling, you know, and everybody will do their best to help you out in any way that they can. I mean, when I was training for the Bay and I was swimming with three or four lads that were amazing people, they'd done Ironmans and everything, but they didn't th- they didn't say, fuck off, you're not swimming with us, you're not fast enough. They welcomed me with open arms and take my turn to have the flask of coffee and the scones and whatnot. So everybody's so welcoming. And I think you just go out there, take a chance and get out there and meet a few people and you, and it's great. It's amazing. And it's even amazing the amount of people that have met loved ones through triathlon, through running and all that kind of thing. So, yeah. It's not surprising, Pauline, that you had so much support throughout the course of your training and throughout the course of your sporting journey. It's just you, you're getting stuck in. You talk about not wanting to run in public because, you know, you didn't want to be seen <laughs> and how far you've come from that bog road to running at loops of the promenade yesterday. Uh, I want to ask you, will you do another 50k or what's the next challenge? Uh, well, the 5k for pre is the next challenge on Friday evening. <laughs> <laughs> we signed up with a few, all the dangle girls and we said, yeah, we're going to do this. I said, if I walk or crawl it, that'll be fine. I'll do it. Uh, yesterday, I was thinking, oh, I'd never do this again. And I wasn't looking at the 50K. I was 50K. It wasn't a marathon. I wasn't thinking of the mar- a marathon. I was 50K, so I wasn't even... A marathon just sounds so hard, nearly. <laughs> 50K was didn't seem as bad. <laughs> Crazy, I know. So I have signed up for the virtual Dublin marathon. But 
my legs aren't feeling the best now today. I don't know if there's an injury or what exactly. We will find out in, in a few days' time, I'm sure. I don't know. I had said I'd do the virtual marathon. You know, I don't know if I want a bobble hat that badly <laughs> to go do it. <laughs> but I'll wait and see. So I have no other challenges at the moment in my head. The next challenge, I suppose, is to get back into the swimming pool. I don't know if, how, I, how I'll get on with that. But, um, yeah. I'm I'm happy doing what I'm doing now. I'll, I'll be feel grateful now that if I feel like going for a run, I can go for a run. There's nothing saying you have to do it. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, you had to go for a run, and I did it. And I enjoyed every bit of the training. There were days that I did not want to go, and I said, "Are you sure, Bridge? We need to do this. Come on, come on, come on." And so, um, I did it, and I enjoyed it. As I say, um. The support was amazing and I have definitely no plans for anything. I'll give myself a few weeks rest now before I think of another challenge. A few a few happens. dips in Salt Hill for the legs and the coffee afterwards down at Palmer's Rock. I'm sure you'll be back flying it again in a couple of weeks time. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's fantastic and well done. You are just brilliant. You're just brilliant. Oh, <laughs> thank you very much. And it was lovely just kind of thinking back on all the different things that I did do it was mighty to do that so thank you for thank you for having me you felt so special yesterday with all the support um do you want to give a shout out to your dangan girls before we finish up to name them i would indeed i'd like to thank Bridge, paula aideen cora michelle ren michelle v ona jen and jer who was on the bike with all the support as well um so thanks a million to every one of you they all mean so much to me and it was just amazing support from everyone and yourself too Joanne beeping at me and just running a bit with me and Tommy and Dean and everyone it was great mighty to see everybody well lovely enjoy the rest of your rest and recovery and I'll see you down at Black Rock for a dip during the week thanks a million in the second part of this uh, very special episode of our Galway Girls, we joined Shauna and her dad, Loic, for a quick chat about Shauna's success in sport and how you can help be part of her fundraising efforts to raise money for a track in Crawwell, which will support her sporting success in the future. Shauna, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into wheelchair racing. I'm 16 years old. I'm a student in Cass Angels College in Armore and I'm in fifth year and I started wheelchair racing when I was eight years old after I watched the 2012 Paralympics on TV. Who inspired you Shauna at the Paralympics? Dave Weir and Marcel Hug and also Manuel Lachera as well. But what was it about them that inspired you to go wheelchair racing? Um, when I was watching the TV I just I just really loved what they were doing and I loved how fast they could go in the chair and I just wanted to try that myself give and go and see what happens. And the rest is history really because you are the under 17 world champion uh, across a number of different distances. Yeah, last year in Switzerland I became triple junior world champion over 100 metres, 400 metres and 1500 metres. I also got two silver in the 200 metres and the 800 metres. Explain to us why you're in a wheelchair, Shauna. Um, it's spina bifida is the disability that you have but it certainly doesn't hold you back. No, definitely not. I was born with spina bifida been in a, in a chair since birth. In terms of your training, Shauna, what does a training week normally look like for you? So at the moment, I'm training five to six times a week. So it includes two speed sessions, one long run of the weekend, and then 
two to three easy runs. And I also do one core session a week. Tell us a little bit about those speed sessions, because there's lots of triathletes and runners that will be tuning in that will be wondering what what sort of sessions does Shauna take part in at 16 years of age versus what we might do as we're a little bit older than you? Yeah, so um, the sessions always vary. It goes from anything up to 200, 200 meter sprints to pyramids to 1K repeats. Even at the moment, now that I'm doing marathon training, I've even been doing two kilometre repeats. So some sessions have quite a lot of mileage in them. And Shona, you're in fifth year in uh, in Oranmore in Calcanticus College. So is that your leaving search year or is that the year before your leaving search? Year before the leaving search. And how do you manage all of your training with your studies? So far, it's um, it's hard. It's not easy, but I'm managing quite well at the moment. So... We'll see what happens. And do you need to take time off school to get the training done or do you do it all after school? No, I do all my training after school in the evenings and I also train at the weekends as well. And of course, one of the big reasons that we have you on the show is not just that you're a world champion, but you are fundraising at the moment to build a track out in Crotwell, which is your local running club. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so at the moment we're doing a fundraiser to build a track in Crotwell. Because at the moment, I don't have a 400 metre track close to my home. So we have to travel really long distances to get to a 400 metre track. So at the moment, I'm training on a gravel track in Crockwell, which is not great for me. It ruins the chair. So I've been out on the road a lot during lockdown and after lockdown while we were off school over the summer. But now that the nights are getting darker, it's not safe for the road anymore. So now I'm back on that track. So the chair is being ruined. I'm going to bring Shauna's dad in here now because he's joining us as well. Uh, Lloyd, you've got a big job on your hands uh, in terms of, of bringing Shauna to Ennis, to Athlone and around the country for training and for racing. So talk to me a little bit about the fundraising that's happening for the track out in Crockwell. Yeah, so um, Shauna is training a lot. And when she has to go to a competition on a track, we need to spend time on the Tartan track. So we need to travel to Ennis or Athlone, which is time consuming for us, for Shauna, you spend more time driving up and down than actually training. So we are fundraising to try and build a track in Crockwell. So then Shona can just drive on the road and train. So she'll have way more time to train. It'll be way easier. So when competition comes along again, we won't have that issue of, you know, driving up and down the country just to train. So that's just a basic facility that we think she deserves. Absolutely. And you've got a couple of challenges going, Shauna. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about those challenges and how they can get involved? Yeah, so we have a couple of challenges set up as part of the 42 challenge. We have a 420 kilometre cycle over the month of October. There's a a marathon, 42k, which is what I'll be taking part in. The 4.2k swim has just finished recently. There is 42 kilometre run relays with people taking part in them. So there's loads for people to get involved in. It's called the 42 Challenge. If you Google 42 Challenge Shauna, it brings you straight to the Facebook page and the GoFundMe page and you get all your information there. And Shauna, in terms of your own training, I think a lot of us would like to know what sort of food do you eat uh, for your training sessions? Most of the time I train after school in the evenings. So I would just, before I go out to training, I'd have dinner. Dinner usually varies, but usually it's homemade food. I'm not really strict with what I eat, so I kind of eat normal. I don't really eat over the top, not too much junk food or stuff like that. But I like to treat myself now and again, but mainly it's homemade food. So when you say treat yourself, what's the food you look forward to the most uh, after winning a race? Maybe a nice slice of cake or 
a cookie or something like that, something chocolatey. Yeah, just like myself, I have an awful sweet tooth. I love cake. Do you ever get nervous when you're at the start line of a big race? No, I never really get nervous. No, I usually get more excited than nervous, really, to be honest. And can you explain to us the different categories? Different categories for different levels of disability. So I'm, um, for me, I'm a T54. And then there's also T51, T52, T53. And there's also then for CPs, uh, it's T34s and T33s. And in terms of your disability, Shauna, where does T54 sit? So T54s are, you have full control of your core, but you've loss of one limb, but you, you have control of your full upper core. Whereas T53, you've no core strength. Really, it's quite low. When you talk about doing a core session, what sort of training do you do for your core? Kind of the usual, really, sit-ups, plank, Russian twists, all the kind of normal stuff, really, that people would do for core exercises. What about protecting your hands then, obviously, because you're rolling the chair. Um, I presume you wear gloves uh, when you're training and racing. Yeah, there's specific gloves that you can wear. There's two different types. There's soft gloves and hard gloves. So the soft gloves have like padding on them, on your knuckles and everything. And then the hair and you go all the way to your wrist. And then the hard gloves then are just, they just cover your knuckles and they're, they're made of harder material. So far I use hard gloves. And yeah. what, what is it about wheelchair racing that you love? Um, I love everything about it. I love being outside in the fresh air. I love spending time in the chair and going really fast or on the track or on the road. And I also love traveling as well to competitions and making new friends and competing. Was it difficult during lockdown here in Ireland then? Because obviously there wasn't much club training going on. It was there was no school. Uh, there was no travel. So was that really hard or did you enjoy the extra time available to train? Um, yeah, I, I actually enjoyed training more out on the road and spending more time training and getting more miles in. But I did miss the competition side of it. You have two younger siblings, Matisse and Amelie. Are you a good older sister or a bad older sister? I'm a good older sister. A good older sister. Like, would, uh, would you agree with that? I, w- I would have to agree, yes, yeah. You must be incredibly proud of everything that Shauna has achieved. I mean, to take up the sport in 2012 uh, and to have her first track meet in the UK three years later and to now be a triple junior world champion with two silver medals and so many other accolades to her name within her sport. It's fantastic for such a young athlete to have achieved already. It is and. To be fair, it's it's flying by. We know we just started the sport for you know something for Shona to do, be active, be out there, and then next thing the competitive side came on, and since then we've been traveling and we've been enjoying it and meeting people, making new friends, and it's been brilliant. It's been very good. You also brought in Ian Murphy from Scotland as Shona's coach back in 2016. How important was it to bring in a coach who's worked with some high-profile female athletes? So we've been very lucky on that side because Ian was actually, uh, is actually coaching uh, one of the leading Irish wheelchair artists, uh, Patrick Monohan from Kildare. So we got to meet Ian Murphy in that competition through Patrick. And then Ian offered his help because he could see uh, potential in Shona and was interested in helping us. And since Ian came on board, he's made a huge difference because obviously he knows the sport inside and out and he's been able to give us a training program how to plan before competitions, uh, which races to pick, which events to pick. So it's been invaluable in terms of help for Shona and for us. 
And of course, I believe his wife actually was a, a junior international athlete as well. Um, and he spoke uh, to you, Lloyd, before we came on air uh, about the importance of um, the coaches and organisational education being key to keeping girls in sport uh, once they kind of hit those developmental years into the teenage years. Exactly. There is a lot of responsibility, I think, for sporting organisation to understand, you know, that not all girls develop at the same speed, at the same level. And you need to be considerate of all what's happening during those teenagers, especially. I mean, it's not because you go through a bad patch that you should be dropped or not encouraged. So there's a lot of responsibilities from the clubs to keep those girls in the sport. So, Shona, I want to ask you, what has been the highlight so far in sport for you? Uh, So my highlight so far would would have to be the Junior Worlds last year in Switzerland. Um, That was a really big week for me and it was one of the getting onto the podium. And listening to the national anthem was one of the proudest moments that I've had so far. It was a really great feeling. It was amazing. If there's anybody listening into the show and who maybe have a disability themselves or maybe are a mum or a dad of a son or a daughter who have a disability and want to get them involved in sport, what bit of advice would you give to them? I would say start early. And also, it doesn't matter if there's no uh, clubs around that are just wheelchair based doesn't matter if they're you just join a main street club just join for example i joined predator triathlon club and i swim now in the lake in the summer and i still join them and i'm crockwell ic so just don't don't focus on wheelchair based clubs join a mainstream club they're just as good and did i see that you were involved with um wheelchair basketball as well that you're on a wheelchair basketball team yeah i also play wheelchair basketball with titans in galway every wednesday Does that benefit your uh, training for wheelchair racing in terms of fitness or do you just do it for fun? A bit of both, really. I do it mainly for fun, but it does help a bit with the cross training for the wheelchair racing. But it's mainly just for fun and social side. And do you get very competitive? Yeah. Uh, I hear you laughing in the background as well, Loic. Do you want to come in on Shona's competitiveness? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's what I was saying to you earlier on. At the beginning, it was just to be active, but Shona's competitive side, competitive streak came along. And, you know, it was suddenly we do a 5K and then we'll improve the 5k time and everything. So it's kind of snowball from that side. But no, she's very, very competitive. She'll, but she's out walking. She's determined. She knows what she wants and she puts the walk towards it. Her coach uh, sent us a message earlier and, and said that Shauna is someone who gives 100% all of the time and is keen to succeed in whatever she does. She will be successful in whatever she decides to turn her hand to. He has coached at least five female athletes who have gone to the top of their chosen sport and Shauna has all the attributes the others have shown. That's a real great endorsement of Shauna's commitment, passion and dedication to the sport like, isn't it? No, it is, yeah, and especially going from in, who's he's been there, he's done that. He's coached athletes that have went to the Paralympics, Paralympic medals, world champion, uh, world records. So to have someone like him, you know, back in Shona, it's 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 huge. It yeah, it's brilliant. So Shona, I'm going to ask you, what is the big goal? Where do you want to be? What do you want to achieve as an athlete? My big goal is to represent Ireland at the. 2024 Paralympics in Paris. Further on from that, I'd also love to take part in some marathons as well, the world marathon majors in the future. I'm sure we'll see you on the start line. I have no doubt with that determination, passion and commitment that you've shown already to get where you are in such a short space of time. Thank you for joining me on the show. And also um, just remind us again, where can we find out about your 42k challenge and how can people donate to support uh, getting that track in Crawwell in Galway? 
if you Google Challenge 42 Shauna, it'll bring you straight to the GoFundMe page and straight to the Facebook page where you'll find all the information you need for donating and also for all the different challenges that will be taking place during the month of October. Well, fantastic stuff. And I wish you the very best of luck with your own marathon challenge at the end of October. Thanks so much to you, Shona, and to Loic for joining me on the show. Thank you. Thanks, Ron. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget, you can get in touch with any feedback or guest suggestions by emailing me on trytalkingsport at gmail.com. I'd love to connect on social media. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and on Instagram. Pop by, say hi, let me know what you think of the show. If you are new to Try Talking Sport, please do check out some of our previous episodes. You'll be impressed and inspired by our guests. If you are a regular listener and are enjoying the shows, please, 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 can we get a review on Apple Podcasts or on the Try Talking Sport Facebook page? You would really make my day. Until next time, stay safe, wash your hands and thanks as always for tuning in.